Hello, this is Steve Martin in London, and this is the podcast that meets great producers working in promotional radio and where we play their creative work. We're about to hear Nathan Freeman from BBC Radio 6 Music, winner of the Creative Prize at last year's Radio Production Awards, and also James Espley, who's just a few months into his role leading station sound at the new national UK station Team Rock Radio. Both James and Nathan are at the top of their game, and to underline that, they've just this week picked up further nominations in the Radio Academy Awards, the most prestigious radio awards in Britain. So stand by to hear them both. First, though, I have a little confession to share with you. How do I put this? Have you ever had a recording disaster? No? Well, today, you can share mine. A few minutes before recording this show, a colleague suggested that I try out a new microphone on this little handheld recorder I use. So we made a test recording. It sounded great. But then I moved to another room and replugged the mic into the wrong socket. If this was a movie, at this point you'd see a lingering close-up of the plug going into that wrong socket and there'd be some discordant string pulse in the soundtrack. Anyway, the level meters were ticking along happily. The test recording was fine, of course, so I assumed all was well. But of course, throughout the programme, the mic picking up the audio was not the one in my hand. Uh, Needless to say, I am deeply embarrassed by this, and uh, I'm standing by for Jonathan Marks to uh, tell me what a clot I am. Uh, So sorry about the acoustic, but do stay with it. Nathan, as you'll hear, is one of the most thoughtful creative producers working in radio promotion today. And James has some great stories from the new Team Rock Radio, with a whole lot of attitude at that station as well. They've both taken time out for you, so do have a listen, and of course enjoy their wonderful audio. Hello, Nathan Freeman. Hello there, Steve. Uh, You won the uh, Radio Academy Production Award for Best Creative. What was that like? Um, It was great. I mean, uh, it was the first time I've won an award. Uh, Usually, um, you know, you go to Sony's, which is a fantastic place, and uh, you're you're there representing your station. Um, So it's quite nice to sort of uh, be up for an award that, uh, although, you know, I've been part of a team, it's kind of nice to get a bit of recognition for some hard work, which is great. And the fact that it's the Creative Award, what does that mean for you? I mean, it's great because it's quite a, an ambiguous title, really. I mean, <laughs> it, could, it could mean anything. Um, so it's quite nice uh, to have something like under your belt. And also with us, as I mentioned, is James Espley from Team Rock Radio. Hi. Hello. Thanks for being with us. Uh, any awards under your belt yet? Uh, I actually did win one at Community Radio once. Does uh-huh. that count as an award? I got a football. I think it does. Signed football from Swindon Town FC. And what was the connection between football and what you did? Uh, I can't remember. It was probably boring. (laughs) Both of you, welcome. Thank you very much for joining us on the Earshot Creative Review this time. Nathan, you've worked at uh, at KISS and Capital and Radio 1 before coming to Six Music. Is Six Music the kind of station you have to grow into? I think Six Music is a station that um, is a pleasure to work at because everyone who works here really knows their stuff and I think like throughout my career working in the commercial sector and at Radio 1 is for me it's been the, the my playground to learn um, whereby Six Music is now the playground to have fun you know and I think that uh, I've been able to really get into the job because of the experience beforehand that I've learned elsewhere. So. And to what extent is music an academic study for you and how much of it is is passion from the heart or from the gut i have a massive passion for music and you know that's how i started with the 
you know, getting into production where I started like trying to make music or trying to be a, you know, musician. And I wasn't that great at that, but I understood like how beats work and how music's put together. So I was able to take those technical learnings and then try and get a job in radio. Um, and from that, you know, I've, I've really, I really love broadcasting. I think it's a fantastic medium to be in. Um, and it's great to tell stories and sort of, you bring in, you know, you're telling stories and creating dreams for people out there, you know, like, uh, and I think that's great fun. And that knowledge and passion for music must give you the credibility that you need at a station like Six Music. I don't have any credibility. I think <laughs> that what gives me credibility is the content I'm working with. Um, you know, it's, it's the reason why I always have to say, you know, it's always a team effort because, you know, I work with great guys in Station Sound at Radio 2 Six Music, but I also work with fantastic producers who and editors who are coming up with content. And without that content, I, I wouldn't really be able to be inspired to come up with anything. I think, you know, for great creativity, you know, whether it be a product or, you know, a radio station, I think you, the product itself or the radio station has to be quality. Otherwise, you can't make quality off the back of that. I think it's very hard, you know. And you've won an award for, for your creativity, the creativity in your work. So how do you see the relationship between your creative input and the creativity that's already locked into the programmes you're promoting? The recognition they got on this time is probably due to the fact that how we've interpreted, you know, um, like a craft work season or a punk season. You could tackle these things very simply and it's quite easy to make a 30 second spot where you're talking about the event, what's going on, um, when it is, you know, that kind of information takes up most of your time. So to come at it at a different angle and sort of take um, the essence of why people want to listen to something and then play on that to come up with a creative I think is, is what I've had fun doing really. You mentioned punk let's have a listen to your punk promo This ain't no dream this is my life. My, life, my life. We spend, you spend, we beg, they borrow. We desire more, greedy consumer sorrow. Media tells us the young, rampant, grotesque, show us ruling the streets, rebelling, unrest, disaffected, no one listens. The people or the politicians, what do you expect when there's a silent majority, numb and succumb to the powers in a year of pageantry? Who hears our cry? Cut, cut, cut. That's not what we scream. Wake up! This ain't no dream. But it happened before when a new youth scene began. Where they grabbed their guitars, their drums, and they sang. And this month you can hear what was done. Anarchy, love, and a whole lot of fun. Be inspired and remember, learn to belong. Your voice can be heard through punk and its song. Punk Britannia. This tune on BBC Radio 6 Music. When you were preparing that script, what were you thinking about when you thought about the listener and what they needed to take out of it? I wanted to do something punk. Um, I wanted to do something um, that was, in its time, punk was very kind of like shocking. It kind of broke down from the floweriness of like very intricate music and it was very DIY. And I wanted to sort of portray that in its own way and create a piece of content that could stand on its own right. Um, and that was what we called a concept trail, which ran alongside kind of normal show promotion. Um, and uh, for me, this idea came about with a lot of research into um, the subject of punk. And when you sort of read up on punk in 1977, you see a lot of parallels between today and then. You know, it was a, uh, 
there was a jubilee year, you know, there was discourse between the youth, there was a banking crisis as well, so there's all these parallels, and I was able to, from that, and talking with the team, you know, we were able to sort of find this thread. So you take today, a voice of today, and sort of the youth, and, and kind of like portraying that scenario, and then tying it back into the original punk ethos, which was, you know, it was about fun, it was about coming together, you know, it was a positive outcome of all the problems that were going, you know, music is a positive outcome, I think, of, you know, the society's troubles, so it's really sort of showing that aspect of it. It was very uh, fluky with the music blending, because uh, I picked um, a track by a very new artist, and, and then it just happened to go into key with undertones, you know, it's, I think it's... Um, Those are great moments, aren't they, in the studio, where you just put two things together, and you realise instantly, without planning, that they just lock in perfectly. Yeah, I, I think if people knew how many flukes happen or yeah. kind of how many last minute, like, I quickly need to do something and it just happens to work. And, and people go, oh, that was amazing. Yeah, I really thought about it. It's like, no, not really. Yeah. Says, but with this, um, the, the actual script came very quickly. I mean, it, um, I think I wrote the script in about 10 minutes initially it was a it was it was it was like a rebellion cry it was it was quite a bit more extreme we had to tone it down a little bit because you know the riots had happened the year before and you know i think um you have to be careful even when you're being punky i think uh, you have to you have a duty of care as a public broadcaster as well a absolutely um so you know the the initial script was a was a bit more aggressive but i think it still sort of portrayed punk in a positive way so. Yeah. I'm going to bring uh, James in now from Team Rock Radio. Is punk part of your repertoire? Uh, yeah, vaguely. It's, it's something we should, I personally think we should be playing more of because it's such an incredible genre and there's so many places it goes. And, and it was, as you say, it was part of a huge cultural uprising. We're very much more rock and metal than the harder scene. And Nathan made the point that that was a concept promo, so there's no huge list of copy points to get away and information about when to listen to what programme and who's in it. They're, they're quite uh, freeing, aren't they, as a creator? Yeah, I, I think then my favourite kind of thing to write is the kind of thing where you're lying in bed and you go, oh, this is a good idea, and you get out and you write it, and then it just becomes a promo that's not necessarily telling someone to do something, but just a message that conveys the brand or, or something, I think. And Nathan, what did you take out of the concept promo? What elements and properties could you take forward to then use in the more directional promos that form part of the same campaign? I mean, the main thing was the voice. Um, it was um, Edward Tudor Pohl, who from the Tudor Poles, which is original, one of the lesser known, you know, lost of voiceovers, but uh, he was a fantastic voice. You're saying he's cheap. No, I'm just saying, like, uh, he was available and uh, he was right for what we needed. And he, he sort of portrayed the attitude of punk, which we then took his voice um, and then he was the voice of the campaign. So that was the main element, really. And I think it's just sort of. That promo was it, its job was to go to make an impact to stand out. You know, it's quite a long promo. It's very different to Six Music, so it just wanted to stand out, make, make an impact, so that people will go, okay, they're doing something about punk, and then you learn about the different aspects through the other trails. I think. Yeah, and if you can just plant that seed in the mind of the listener, it's probably enough, isn't it? I think so. I think um, you 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 have to make an impact, and you have to make them listen because trails at the end of the day aren't music they're not something that people really want to listen to we're telling them information so that's why it's important to come up with creatives or concepts that are 
giving a bit more content you know they'll listen to an interview because it's an artist they like so it's like why would they listen to an advert essentially and I think that's why you have to make it interesting and sort of striking well for me it is striking it's very simple in, in its messaging and yet it's got a number of layers of production and the script which makes you want to go back and listen to it again and again so if you're listening to this podcast you want to wind back and listen to it again don't blame you at all great piece of work Nathan what are we going to hear next and the next thing is uh, that's been on air in the last couple of weeks on Six Music, which is something that we do every sort of six months, which is a brand trail. Um, we call them This Is Six Music, um, and it's a way of selling the station without any script. Um, it's about using authentic artists, artists who are, you know, actual fans of the station, who and asking their opinions of what the station is and what we portray with some clips of presenters, um, and it's just a general, to really get an authentic narrative of what Six Music is, I think. Sometimes, if you script things, they might sound too manufactured or manipulative, and I think that when you actually get real emotion, a real passion, it, it really resonates with the audience a lot better. BBC Radio Six Music. Six Music is something to be proud of being a part of. Every DJ really seems to be in love with music. My word. Absolutely gorgeous. In the classic BBC Radiophonic Workshop, I remember sticking that on the record player, putting the headphones on and being immediately hooked. You're always discovering new music. It's by an artist called Alorda and she is so new that she only literally has 28 followers. Whether you listen to daytime or sort of eccentric evening weekend shows. Six Music gives a voice to the richness of music. It's their passion, it's the way they live. Were you taking the topper straight away though when you auditioned? I thought he was great. With The Clash, things just fell into place. Tom York, welcome to the programme. The voice is doing very well, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Wow, thanks, Steve. It's all here on Six Music. It's good, isn't it? This is BBC Radio Six Music. The station's been on air for more than 10 years now, really established part of the radio landscape. But do, do you feel working here that it still has to con constantly reassert its position through work like that? Absolutely. I think that uh, if you look three years ago, it's kind of our listenership was, you know, around the six to 800,000, and now we're at nearly 1.8. And I think that what's really important is to get those new listeners coming in who we feel that they really would enjoy the content they're providing but it's um, because we're appealing to people who are really passionate about music you know um, and people will hear about us their friends will recommend us and then they'll come in it's keeping those people that are passionate you know some people will come in and you know they're, they're like radio for background you know um, and I think like obviously we want to try and please them but I think people who are really passionate it's kind of keeping them and to do that you know, you have to maintain a standard of content and of production. I think that's really important. And thinking about the, the, the technical approach to that, that piece of work, what did you have to do to ensure that all those disparate clips fitted together and gelled together as one piece of production? Um, <laughs> well, the thing is, when as a producer, when you listen back to it, you go, oh, that mix and that edit, you know, <laughs> it's not exactly perfect, but because uh, obviously you have a limited time to put these together. Um, to make everything fit really it's, it's all about levels and, and you know I, I don't try with Six Music we try not to put too much compression on things because um, we just don't want to crunch it like Radio 1 you know or Kiss or Capital you know it's kind of um, we don't have so much after processing on the transmitter it's um, it's a digital station so it's it's just getting the levels right really I mean, <laughs> uh, but I think I think with that there's a lot going on in that promo and yeah. I think that uh 
you know, I could go back and spend hours getting it perfect, but um, which I probably should do, but uh, I uh -huh. didn't. Do you ever hear your work on air and then say, actually, I want to go back and tweak something? Um, I want to, um, and I always hear stuff and want to redo it, but the thing is, you can't. I mean, it's kind of, I think, as a producer you're always going to strive to be as good as you can be but uh you have, at some point you have to say right i've got other work to do i mean it's a job nathan thank you we're going to come back and listen to some of the work that's inspired you and also a couple of little production tricks that i know you're going to share with us hello james espley hello steve mine good to uh, have you on the podcast as well and uh, you're new uh, because you're a new radio station and you're new to it at uh, team rock radio Yes, it's um, been a pretty crazy six months and sometimes you look back and you go, it feels like it's only been a couple of days, but it really has been six months and it, it's incredible how you can hear the station progress every day, every week, every month, it gets better and stuff changes um, and it's, it's quite an incredible thing just to be part of. What was the launch like? Um, There's it, a look of fear on your face. <laughs> we launched. <laughs> um, it was pretty crazy because we had to cover um, a big award ceremony. Um, the day after we launched and we were all in a field at Donington for Download Festival at the time so we were all kind of spread across the country and we all had to go and do something else and in fact I was probably the only person in the building uh, five or six hours prior to launch it was pretty crazy <laughs> uh, but you got on air we did yeah we're still on it's yeah. alright we're, we're going <laughs> uh, and it's an interesting commercial model uh, Team Rock Radio isn't it because it's not a commercial radio station as most people would understand that no, and um, I think that makes it tricky for uh, S&P, which is obviously we make our, our money with sales and promotions, um, and it makes it tricky to make sure that S&P trails don't sound like adverts, so you, you almost kind of have to sell something to someone without selling them, which I guess um, the BBC do all the time with, with trails, and everyone does. Um, but it's very, it's very difficult, and I'm still working out you know, the phraseology and how you actually have to word things to make them fit in with the rest of the station. and and not sound like just one big advert. Uh, this podcast has a lot of listeners right around the world. Um, just for people who aren't familiar with uh, the genesis of Team Rock Radio, just explain the nuts and bolts of it. Uh, Team Rock Radio is a um, national station in the UK on DAB. Uh, we're commercial free, technically, um, and we play rock and metal, and we've got loads of special shows on the weekend. So it's all about rock and the subgenres and belonging to those subgenres. So the people who feel that they're not catered for. So people who who love Killswitch Engage but you wouldn't hear them anywhere else on the radio. It's bringing them all together in one place and making them belong. And thinking about this different commercial approach that you have, how, how different does that feel to you from your previous work on stations like Free Radio in the Midlands and Real XS? Um, very different really because I suppose uh, our head of S&P will come up with, with different ways of, of of selling the station and different uh, things we can do like hour-long branded blocks uh, paid for by the client and then things like this so in a way you have to be you force yourself to be more creative in the ways that you sell things because you have to do things differently or you won't survive and the fact that you don't have you know 12 minutes an hour of, of ads in the clock does that put an extra pressure on you as the production guy to give those clock hours some form some structure um, yeah, it does, and it's it's quite confusing, really, because I've never I've never worked on a station where that is the case. Um, it, it's it's one of those things where it's always an ongoing learning process where you'll never be sure that it's right because no one's really done it before. Um, and what kind of feedback do you get uh, from the rock community? Very good. Um, a lot of people really enjoy the fact we don't have adverts, and in fact, I was flicking around 
uh, the dial the other day and I listened to a station where they I listened about half an hour and they played three four minute ad breaks and three tunes and when you get used to the idea of having no ads a la the BBC you kind of go back to that and you go wow I'm actually quite pleased we have S&P in just these 30 second blocks not four minutes and does that make it easier to your mind to, to compete with the BBC yeah um, I do find that but I, I I wouldn't want to say we'd want to compete with the BBC because that would be ridiculous. <laughs> if we tried competing with the BBC, we would fall flat. You're, you say you're quite different from the BBC, but you've just run a BBC programme. Yes, the Tommy Vance show. That was yeah. quite an incredible night. Um, the feedback was immense. It's, it's amazing how many people um, listened and, and were taken back to the time when it was broadcast. And when you listen to it, you realise Tommy Vance was pretty good, wasn't he? He was all right. <laughs> Um, and and uh, Nathan, if, if Tommy Vance was uh, was alive today, he'd probably be on Six Music, wouldn't he? I would think so. Yeah, I mean that's the great thing about like the stations like Team Rock is that, and and stations like Six Music because really finding a home for you know these non-chart acts, and I think that's really important because especially with the information everyone has these days and the internet, I think that. You know, to, to swim through everything, it's, it's quite impossible. It's a real hard task for a consumer or for a listener. And I think that uh, it's great that what you guys are doing because I think that uh, it's well needed. And people want that, you know. They, they want to they wanna go to a trusted source to get what they love. And I think that's, that's, that's great that you're providing that, I think. Uh, and, and the no ads and the more S&P thing is exactly how radio needs to go and it's exactly what... You know, you're talking Spotify. You know, who will probably start making content, and you know, you know, iTunes or whatever. That you know, inevitably, all these people who are providing music in different forms are all providing content, and we're already doing that. So it's good that you're sort of one step ahead. I think that's great. Uh, the other thing you've got, of course, at Team Rock Radio is a great attitude, a lot of fun behind your production. Uh, let's hear some of your audio. What's the first thing we're going to hear? Because I know the fun comes through in this very strongly. Uh, the first one is uh, promo saying that the Mayans predicted the station, which they did. That's true. Hundreds of years ago, ancient Mayan cave drawings predicted a radio station so bold, a radio station that dared to look forward, not just back, a radio station that played rock and metal. And those ancient cave drawings did once predict that said radio station would broadcast nationally on DAB Digital Radio and also online at teamrockradio.com. And that said radio station would carry commercial breaks warning you about your PPI protection insurance and that you should consider divorce as a cheap way out of marriage if it can be achieved through a one-off lump payment of $49.95. And hey, hang on. This is bullshit. Since when have we done that? Those lying, Mayan bastards. What do they know? Hey, this is Team Rock Radio, where you belong. The UK's only commercial radio station without commercial breaks. Yeah, we went there. Suck on that. You had a lot of fun making that. Yeah, <laughs> that was one of those weird ones where... Um, you get out of bed and you write it as opposed to something that you sit at your desk going I must be creative it was um, it was great fun to do um, and I think my favourite thing about that is it wasn't particularly about any production values it was about the writing and about reinforcing uh, the lack of commercials the music we play and the sense of belonging as well and who's the voice? Uh, Bill Courage who is a Canadian he's very good 
Yeah, I can hear that. <laughs> very fruity. Yes, he's very, very good, and he's uh, he does a lot of our quirkier stuff. And how much of the work do you write yourself, and how, you know how much support do you get from the people around you? Um, I do get quite a bit of support actually. Um, I'm, I'm quite fortunate in that uh, our head of radio, Moose, is a, a very creative man and used to be a stand-up comedian. So a lot of his stuff is very good. Um, but it's nice to when when you can listen back and and you, it's not something that's all whizzy bangy. It's just written. Um, it's it's nice to hear that go out on the air. I think. Uh, and where did the Mayan cave drawings idea come from? Uh, it was probably about six minutes past midnight. <laughs> it, was, it was a very late night. Uh, After how much beer? Yeah, <laughs> six or seven. What's great about that promo is that uh, you know it's really conveying an attitude that you want to convey, and it's kind of um, there's a lot of humour, and I think that's it's great because sometimes radio takes itself too seriously, and I think that's great to hear a bit of humour. You know, we don't. I don't think we have enough of it we should have more humor especially on six and you know um so yeah i think it's a great program james what are we going to hear next uh this is something um i changed my mind about last minute uh because i wanted to i wanted to demonstrate how uh how we get between two songs basically miss right miss right through the day team rock radio So how important is it on a rock station like yours to keep the flow going? Um, very, uh, because it's so much about the music and, and the struggle I find, and I, I'm still finding that I found when I started, was that because we play a lot of new rock and a lot of ACDC, Ben and Skinner, um, you kind of have to find a way of bridging the two together without it sounding completely out of place. Um, and I find that a lot of rock stations, not just here but around the world, always go for that stereotypical deep voice kind of dry, just with a bit of reverb, you know, this is a rock station. Um, but I, I quite like going down the route of making it a bit hotter and making making the older stuff sound newer by by using yeah by, by using artist drops from stuff that's not from the 70s. You know, it's, I think that's quite cool. And we heard the drop there between two two songs on your your playlist. How many of those are you having to churn out and keep in in rotation? Uh, there's quite a few because um, obviously with no ad breaks, everything rotates a lot heavier. So I'm finding mm. that that actually not having ad breaks is a bit of a double-edged sword because it really increases the workload. Because you hear stuff come around, you go, "Oh, I've heard this about two minutes ago. Why is this here?" Um, but it's great fun. It really keeps you on your toes. So how do you decide what role the presenter takes in those those clock hours and, and what is left for the, the produced voice drops to do? Uh, that's a tricky one actually. Um, when we have increased S&P, uh, that comes with increased live reads and then we've got just station reads. So uh, we found that we can quite easily become just big TV, just selling you something all the time, all the time, all the time. So it's it's been a, a learning curve to, to fit all those messages in really kind of cleverly in trails as opposed to having a presenter to do it. So I, I don't think it's worked out just yet, but we're, we're figuring it. How many have you got? James, you're doing a very good job here. Sorry, you, I... should, you should host this podcast. You'd be much better than me. You carry on. What was your question to Nathan? Uh, I was just asking how often you refresh your generic production because you must have, have to have loads to keep it going. Um, we've just rebranded the station um, a few months ago um, and we probably won't sort of do a new re refresh for quite a while because I think that there's really no need for it. I mean, a lot of the times when I used to work at Capital, you know, you used to produce some um, new IDs and, and it's, it's the job is to reinvigor and give energy for the presenter. But if they've already got that energy, they, d they don't need 
new toys I suppose that's all it is and I think that you want to create an identity and we think that people really sort of you know some people do they listen really intently and people who are in radio or really into radio they do but most audience they don't really notice the, the subtle differences so I think that you know I guess um, when you're a small team and you know like I think that you we're both in smaller teams. I think you don't have the resource to constantly update, and I think I don't want to be in work twenty four hours a day as well. So <laughs> I, I, I think it's it's really important to get your priorities, and you know, working on creators on trails is more important. I think, in my opinion, James, that was a great question. Well, thank you very much, and a perfect answer. Thank you, Nathan. You're listening to the Earshot Creative Review with new presenter James Espley. <laughs> the Earshot Creative Review. Well, listen, uh, James and Nathan, we're going to hear the stuff uh, that inspires you shortly, but I wanted to tease out of you uh, some production secrets first. You know, we spend a lot of time on the podcast here uh, discussing production objectives. We talk about creativity, how we approach a brief, and what we're trying to achieve with things like casting and direction and music. You know, we're spending a lot of time talking about that stuff. But, you know, sometimes it's the little undocumented tricks and habits that we've picked up that can really improve our work and perhaps improve our studio workflow as well. And sometimes it's those that gives us back the time we need for the, the really high-value creative stuff like, like thinking and writing. Um, so we're going to collect some of these tips and secrets from across our radio production friends. And that, Nathan and James, includes you. Nathan. I mean, this was actually a really tough uh, challenge <laughs> to come up with some techniques and things because I guess uh, the only advice I can really give is... Um, saving all the time you know apple's s is probably the most important keyboard shortcut that you need to do constantly and it saved me when your hard drive crashes your computer crashes or anything like that it's it's the little things that really matter and i think uh, that will save a lot of heartache um does that become a nervous reflex for you I think I probably do it every five seconds, yeah. yeah. You know, it's kind of like every little move I do, I'm just sort of like always saving. Um, it's just something everyone does. I'm, I'm, hopefully everyone does. I think the other thing is um, when it comes to creativity, I mean, James, you t- touched on it a little bit, but sometimes out of the office, in bed, with your laptop, just, you know, or listening to music is and dreaming is when you come up with the ideas. And I think, like... Trying to do it in a brainstorm in an office is a great starting point, but often in like a you know your own space. And I think we're all dr- we're dreamers, creatives. You know, you're a dreamer, that, and I think it's uh, you need to give yourself space to for your mind to do that. I'd actually have to agree with Nathan. I think I think time out the studio makes you more creative. You have more time and more space, and you're not flustered around S&P or promos or the stuff you have to do, the more time you spend out of the studio, I think, the more creative you become and the more ideas you have. And a whiteboard. That was my other one. And how do you use your whiteboard? Just lists. But the best thing about that is that it inspires me because I have to rub it off. It's better when you rub it off. It, it makes you feel good. That's You shouldn't record that, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm noticing we're actually sat here in a Six Music studio, Nathan's studio. You've got a whiteboard. What's on yours? Uh, It's just a list of things to do, really. Um, I try not to make too many lists because I spend too much time crossing them off because it is so pleasurable rubbing Mm. things off uh, your list. But I think that... um, I mean, I, I probably could use the whiteboard more effectively in kind of brainstorming and things like that, but I just just need a constant reminder of like how much because obviously being a part of a small team 
um, you know, you, you really have to manage your work and your workflow as, as efficiently as possible. It sounds so boring, but <laughs> it's so necessary, I think, for the job. You know, it's, um, there's a lot to do. Uh, and if you'd like to contribute a production secret, then we're hoping to make a whole collection of these and then share them across the radio world. Well, do drop us a line to secrets at earshotcreative.com. If you do that, they'll go into a special secret inbox at secrets at earshotcreative.com. Let's hear the uh, audio that James and Nathan uh, find inspires them. James, you've brought some work from an old friend of ours, David Konsky, in Australia. Yeah, this was really tricky to choose because, as everyone knows, David has so much awesome work. Um, And I'm a big fan of stuff on Z100 as well, so it it took me a while to decide which I thought was best. Um, I chose this one in the end, which I think is a promo for a million-pound winning thing. It's a drop, isn't it? That's it, yeah, million-pound drop. Flying at 14,000 feet, you will make the conscious decision to jump. Keep it rolling. I can feel it coming in the air. Dropping 50 meters per second. Will you land on your feet? I've been waiting for this moment for all my life. Will you land on the million? This is Carl and Jackie O's million dollar cash drop. Can you feel it? Register now at todayfm.com.au to be Today FM's next instant millionaire. The first thing I noticed is the voiceover, and it's so contradictory to what you would expect a million pound promo to be. It would be, hey, yeah, million pounds, but he's so laid back, and I love that. Um, the other thing I particularly like about it is the use of, uh, use of acapellas in it. I think it, it really brings together, I haven't heard it on the air, but I imagine it would bring the music together really well with the production, it should sit well. He's brilliant at getting pace and energy, but actually, it's a really slow promo. There's very little copy in there. Yeah, and actually, the, the production value in there isn't you know as, as huge as David's work normally is. Um, but I love the simplicity of it, and I, I, just, I love how the voiceover's laid back, and it's just not what you'd expect from a promo like that. Nathan? What's inspired you? Um, I really like sort of looking at other people's creatives outside of radio. I think that um, you know, radio is probably one of the most difficult creative mediums to produce in, if not the hardest. You know, I think that advertisers would agree with that because to sell or to promote something in thirty seconds of, without having images is very difficult. However, I do like going to videos uh, just to get ideas and see what is out there, you know, seeing what technologies are being used and whether that can be sort of put into any kind of radio stuff. So So what are we going to hear on the podcast here? I I guess, you know, um, I wanted to sort of play something that really got my attention and made me go, wow, I want to see that. But I think from a sound point of view as well, it's fantastic because it talks about there is no sound in space. You better just say what it is. Uh, yeah, so this is Gravity, uh, the trailer for Gravity, the detached uh, version, um, and I think it's fantastic. Explorer, this is Houston. Go ahead, Houston. Mission abort. Repeat, mission abort. Explorer, this is Kowalski confirming visual contact with debris. Debris is from a BSE sat. Repeat, I have Dr. Stone requesting faster transport. We have to go, we have to go, go, go. Kennedy reports meteorological conditions. Go, go. Explorer, copy. Explorer, Dr. Stone requesting faster transport to Bay Area. Explorer, do you copy? Explorer, permission to retrieve Dr. Stone. Here goes one. 
just love to be able to have that dynamic range to play with in radio well i i think you do <laughs> I, I think that's the great thing about it because if obviously it's a podcast and hopefully from that audio you, you don't need the visuals because it's all sound design that film is you know, amazing new technology for videos but all the sound has to be designed because there is no the vacuum of space there is no sound so that the sound you're hearing is within the suit and it's absolutely fantastic, you know. The you know to be a sound designer on that film would be amazing, and I think that really translates and shows the power of sound and what you can do with storytelling using sound effects and you know with that you know the the, the trial that we played before with it having a break. I think you know th these are all different aspects of how you can use sound to tell a story, and I think people don't utilize that enough. And I think like uh, it's something that people should do a lot more of is, is using the power of sound because it's the most powerful powerful the mediums I think. James you've seen uh, Gravity. Oh yeah it was absolutely <laughs> fantastic and I bet you think it was fantastic as well don't you Nathan? Yeah. Final question for you James what's your next big project? Oh god I haven't even got that far. Do you know what you're working at tomorrow? <laughs> no I uh, genuinely don't. <laughs> okay. That's one of the beauties of it almost. And how do we get uh, tickets to come and join you at Glastonbury that's what we all want to know. Well I think uh, I would like to know that I think, uh, <laughs> you know. I think uh, the BBC does fantastic coverage of Glastonbury and it's done on a smaller and smaller team every year and uh, I think uh, the people who, are, uh, who have the honour to go and work down there, you know, they, it's kind of, it's fantastic, I think it's a fantastic opportunity. Um, are you going to get in there this time? Me? No, I think I've done my uh, time at festivals. Right. Um, I'm uh, planning a summer of uh, sitting on a beach this year. Good plan. Nathan, James, thank you both very much. It's been a great pleasure talking to you and hearing your work. Thank you. Thank you. Really enjoyed that chat. Thanks again to Nathan and James, and my apologies once again about the sound quality. If only one of us knew something about audio. I'm Steve Martin, ambassador of radio, and my next diplomatic mission is to Dublin. We'll be at market-leading FM 104 with production director Pat Gill and at the Radio Days Europe conference. Plus, two of radio's leading imaging companies pitch their services head-to-head, -head, and Tony Blackburn. Thanks to our sponsors, Hobson's and IPDTL. More about them at earshotcreative.com, where there's a whole website of radio promotions, ideas and technique. Earshotcreative.com. See you next time. The Earshot Creative.
Get more online at earshotcreative.com. Ear.